ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hello, and thanks for joining me again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Uh, It is always a joy to be with you through this platform, um, but I really enjoy these episodes that are kind of our monthly Bible study that we've been doing last year, walking through um, respectable sins, and this year walking through Psalm 23. This has been so helpful in my own heart and life, and I pray that that is the same for you. I've heard messages from ladies saying how much the Lord is using this in their lives, and and I do. I pray that that is the case, and if God is using these episodes, please share them um, with your friends, share them on social media, um, and Lord willing, He can use the same things that He is using in your heart in the hearts of other women that you know. So uh, here we are back in Psalm 23. We've been walking step by step through this book, a pretty familiar book, um, not one that many have not heard before. Um, Often a lot of unsaved people are familiar with this passage because it is often quoted at funerals. Um, But just because something is familiar does not mean that there are not new truths that we can glean. And that is one of the amazing things about having a God who is so vast that we can never comprehend and explore all aspects of truth and of his nature and of who he is, that when we come to his word, we will always be learning. We will always be discovering something new. And, um, you know, that's one of the joys that we have to look forward to in heaven. I know sometimes, and there's even been times um, in my past where I kind of thought, okay, well, you know, maybe the first hundred years would be cool, um, but forever, like no end forever, what are we going to do? Are we eventually going to get, you know, bored in heaven, we might ask. Um, but, but that's where this truth comes into play. We'll never be bored. If you enjoy getting in the Bible and discovering something new and fresh and having God speak to you in that moment, um, he will continue to do that for, for the rest of, of time, beyond the rest of time. There will be no time. Um, for all eternity, we will be continuing to learn more and more about our Savior. And so when we come to a passage like Psalm 23, don't let the thought that I probably know everything I could possibly know from this chapter stop you from listening in and from asking God, what is it that you have for me in this little chapter? And you know what? The Lord may put on your heart or teach you something totally different than what I'm gleaning from these. And if so, share that with me. I would love to hear what God is showing you as we study through this together. Um, But all that to say, familiarity does not mean that it is something that we should just skim over or even pass over. Um, There's still much that God has for us in this little book. And I know that as I study it personally, um, the Lord is showing me things again, so, um, so helpful to my own life in this time. And I pray that that is just translating to you, into your life, into what you are going through in your day-to-day lives. So we're just going to jump right in. Today we are looking at the phrase at the end of verse 2, He leadeth me beside the still waters. So I'm going to read through Psalm 23 quickly here at the beginning in case you're driving or cleaning or doing dishes or whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. Um, If you don't have the privilege to be sitting with your Bible on your lap following along with me, I will read it for you just so that we can lay a solid foundation as we transition into talking about this phrase. 
Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in January of this year, we looked at the Lord is my shepherd, making sure um, concrete, solid foundation, bedrock in your heart that you know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, that you can truly, with all confidence, call him your shepherd. And and I'll reiterate it, I'll echo it again. If you aren't 100% sure, um, if you've never asked Christ to forgive you from your sins, or maybe you have, but you struggle with doubts, that was very much my salvation testimony. Um, God's word tells us that we can be sure, that we can be confident, not based on um, any good thing that we can do, but based solely upon the finished work of Christ on the cross. So if you have any questions about that, let me just encourage you once again to seek out someone that can that can help you, that can show you from God's word what he says about salvation and that you can settle that once and for all or feel free to reach out to me. I would love nothing more um, than to talk to you about what the Lord has done in my life, how I know for sure that I am going to heaven one day when I die and that my sins are forgiven. Um, I'm actually, I've been, I've started praying as I'm doing this that um, maybe someone will get saved through the gospel that I try to share, the gospel message in the podcast. So if that's you, reach out to me. I would love to speak with you and help you to know that the Lord is your shepherd. Then we transitioned into, I shall not want because he is our shepherd. We lack nothing. We need nothing. Our complete soul's satisfaction is found in him. And that is such a countercultural message. Um, we constantly are um, bombarded with advertisements and uh, billboards and all of these flashy things in our face that say, you need more, you need this, you need that to be happy, um, to find fulfillment. We are at rates of people um, feeling loneliness and depression and listlessness and um, just this this disconnection from from people, from reality, from joy, um, really at a, at a higher rate than we've ever seen. And uh, what is the answer to all that? The answer is our shepherd. The answer is that we need not want because our sufficiency is found in Christ. Then last month we looked at, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. How our shepherd literally created us to require rest. Um, And remembering that uh, David, the shepherd, seeing so many parallels in how he so lovingly tended after his sheep and how he knew the topography of the land. He knew where the water was. He knew where the hard points were. He knew where the thorns and the thistles. He knew where the rocks were. But he also knew that, uh, you know, just beyond the ridge was the water. Sheep, I know you can make it. Follow me. David knew the topography of the land. And because of that, the sheep could trust in the heart of their shepherd. But more than that, our great shepherd knows the topography of our lives. 
He knows the hills. He knows the valleys. He knows the good days and he knows the bad days. And he has planned those at perfect increments for us so that we can grow, so that our faith can grow, so that we can trust in him more, um, yet always providing the rest and respite that we need at the exact moments um, that are for our good and for his glory. So that's a little recap. Um, And then today we jump in with, He leadeth me beside the still waters. So this has some kind of connecting idea with um, the making you to lie down in green pastures, leading beside the still waters. When I was studying through this, I was reading some different things about sheep, and I found that sheep are frightened by rushing waters. The sight of the rushing water frightens them. The sound of the rushing water frightens them. Um, they may be so, so thirsty, but if they come up to a stream and it is it has rushing water, they are immediately overwhelmed. Their senses are overwhelmed. Their eyes, their ears, um, you know, their mind, and it, it just it becomes overwhelming so much so that they get very, very frightened by this and they will not be able to drink. And I saw the parallel of that in our lives. How often um, we we need something. We're, we're thirsting for something. We're going through this life. And then all of a sudden we come to a precipice and maybe the waters are rushing and we are overwhelmed. All of our senses are overwhelmed. Well, God says here that, that our faithful heavenly shepherd leads us beside the still waters. He knows our frame. He remembers that we're but dust. And he knows that we need the still waters waters to be able to find that nourishment, that soul rest, that soul refreshment that we so desperately need. Now, let me make a clarification here. Um, Simeon and I were talking about this a little bit, and he mentioned this, that still does not mean stagnant. So when we think of still waters, in my mind, I am picturing just this trickling brook, um, just clean, pure, fresh water, not rushing, not raging as to scare the sheep, not stagnant, because stagnant water tends to breed bacteria and grow algae and all these things. You know, you don't want to step in that because then it just, you know, it all starts floating to the top. We were at the uh, the shore the other day, the coast, and our kids were in a little stagnant area and, you know, they were splashing in and you could see every time their feet hit this just kind of dark, cloudy, seaweedish pile puffing from the ground, you know, not stagnant water, not dirty water, um, but still water. Still, not still as in no movement, but peaceful, still water. And, you know, as I'm thinking about this and thinking about how the shepherd leads us beside the still water, I, I think about this, this peacefulness, this peaceful water, and the reality that peace only comes from our shepherd. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love this. Let's break down this verse. And the peace of God. So... In this world, there is a lot of turmoil. There is a lot of um, tribulation. There's just, there's constantly things in the news that are the opposite of peace. It, it, we live in a broken world. We live in a sin world, and that brings continual chaos and brokenness. But peace is found in God. And one day, ultimately, he will restore peace to his creation. He will restore the peace that Eden once knew. 
he will bring that back. But for now, Satan is the prince and the power of the air, and he creates that spirit of, of unrest, of disunity, of, of a lack of peace. Yet, in the midst of all of that, we as believers, we as sheep who have the faithful shepherd, can find peace in God, this peace of God, which passeth all understanding. We can't comprehend the peace that he gives, whether that is in the midst of, of a heartbreaking circumstance, we can have peace, whether it's it's a search, circumstantial passes understanding, or if it is just a level of in, in, the, in the midst of something so difficult, we have such a level of peace. It just, it passes all understanding. And it says that it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Something that I have learned through going through different um, trials in my own life is, you know, sometimes my heart and my mind are not tracking on the same path. For example, um, when I, when my brother died, I'm the oldest of four and I have a brother that was 18 months younger than me. And when he passed away in my heart, I knew that all things work together for good. I knew that the Lord was sovereign and that the Lord was in control. I knew those things in my heart, but my mind questioned. My mind asked why. My, my mind doubted a lot of things. And I needed through the washing of the word, through that peace which passed all understanding, to get my heart and mind in accordance with biblical thinking. I needed my heart to, th- to feel the Bible and I needed my mind to think Bible. Um, but I love that, that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and will keep your mind rooted in Christ Jesus. Sometimes our mind knows the scripture. It might even read in the, you know, in the midst of a circumstance where we are lacking peace. It might read that the peace of God passes all understanding, but our heart and our emotions and and our feelings, our beings say, but but Lord, this 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 feels opposite. But God again through his word, through that peace that comes when we are constantly walking by the side of the shepherd, he will give the peace in the heart and in the mind. You know, safety consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God in the presence of our shepherd. You know, when sheep are out on the hillside, that doesn't guarantee that wolves are not going to be lurking, that um, pestilence might not be there, um, that poisonous plants aren't going to crop up. There will be dangers, but having the presence of the shepherd ever with the sheep guarantees them that they can rest, that they can have this peace, that they can drink from the still waters, that they can rest in the green pastures because they know that their shepherd is vigilant, that he is always looking out on their behalf. And we can trust the same thing too. Our lives are going to bring dangers. Again, it's a sin-cursed, broken world, and that is going to bring heartache. If you have not experienced it yet, you you, you will. Um, Job says that a man that is born of woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Things will come into our lives that are difficult. Dangers will enter. But the safety is not in the absence of the danger. It is in the presence of God. Ladies, know whatever you are walking through, even in this very moment, know that the shepherd is with you and know that you can find safety. You can find rest. You can be refreshed from the still waters of his peace because he is your shepherd.
Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We can let the peace of God rule and reign supreme in our hearts. That's a choice that you have to make. You have to choose this. And and you it's not just a one-time choice that I'm going to choose peace, I'm going to choose God's word, I'm going to choose God's way, and one time and be done. No, this is a daily, sometimes an even moment by moment, depending on the circumstances that life brings, choice to choose peace. But we can allow that to rule in our hearts as we keep God front and center, as we remember his sovereignty, as we remember that he is always working all things uh, for our good, for his behalf, and as we rest in the presence of the shepherd in our lives. So back to the Psalm 23. So we're looking at this part. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I thought it was so interesting. I looked up um, some of the translation for some of these words, and that word leadeth translates to, to lead, to give rest, to lead with care, to guide to a watering place or station, to cause to rest, to bring to a station of place of rest, guide, refresh. So this is more than just, um, I'm just going to lead you somewhere without purpose. You know, my, my kids are little and sometimes, especially the oldest, she's the leader of the bunch. She will lead them around. Um, and often there's no objective to the leading. She just is playing, be the leader. And you know, that that's fine for their childish games and they enjoy that. And Hey, it's always fun to play follow the leader, but our shepherd is different in the sense that his leading always has an objective. There is somewhere that he is going. There is somewhere that he is leading his sheep. And that is in the pursuit of holiness, in the pursuit of sanctification. We've talked before as we studied through Titus last year, this sanctification walk. As you walk with your shepherd, he is leading you through this process of sanctification with the ultimate goal being the high calling of of the prize of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul says in the New Testament. But in this sanctification road, the sanctification journey of life, really, you know, life, as we said, life has its dangers. Um, But as we walk with our shepherd, as he leads us, he gives us rest along the way. And we talked quite a bit about rest in, in the last episode about the lying down in green pastures and how rest isn't necessarily a ceasing from activity. We often think, yes, I need rest. I, I'm a wife and a young mom of four kids. I love any opportunity that I have to get rest. Um, but, but I'm thinking of physical rest. And while physical rest definitely has its place, I'm not taking away from that at all. There is a soul rest. There is a spiritual rest um, that we can have in the midst of activity, in the midst of serving, in the midst of ministering, whether that is in, in um, you know ministry with your church, whether that is ministering within your home, whatever that looks like for you, we can find soul rest. And that is found from the water of his word, from the nourishment of his word. And that kind of leads me to the next thought, which is um, that he leads us beside the still waters. As I was thinking about this word waters, um, it made me think of Matthew 5, 6. It says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Ladies, do we thirst after God? Have you been thirsty before? You know, it's that, uh, it starts as kind of like, oh, I need a drink. And if you don't get a drink right away, it just increases, increases to where there's even points where there's, um, you know, plenty of stories of people that have been stranded at sea 
where there's water all around them, but it's salt water. They know that it's not water that will quench that thirst. Yet they get so um, mad with thirst. Their mind becomes so confused by the thirst that their body is experiencing that they will drink the ocean water, which could ultimately lead to their death. Or in the desert, people that have been stranded, and they they go crazy from the thirst. Um, that that That's how our physical bodies work. If we do not have that thirst satiated. It, it messes with our mind. It confuses us. And as we look at that in a, in a spiritual light, um, we need to thirst after God and after his word. And praise the Lord, he makes his word available. Um, you may feel like you're at a spot in your life where it is a barren desert, but, but the water of God's word is always there. It is always available. And I'm so thankful um, that many of us live in a country where we are free to have his word so easily accessible to us. Um, but I'm even thinking, I'm currently reading through a biography of Corey Ten Boom with my daughter. And, you know, she was in a place where they they wanted to make it very difficult, nigh impossible to have the water of God's word available to the people as she was in the prison camp. But God always has a way to make sure that his word is available to his people. Corey was able to hide a copy of God's word in her clothes that they did not find. And then she wanted to share that with others. But how is she going to do that? If she was caught, her only copy of God's word would be taken away. Well, do you know what the Lord did? God worked in a providential way that maybe isn't quite what Corey wanted when she asked God to make a way for this to happen. But the Lord wound up giving her entire barracks headlight so bad that the soldiers did not want to go anywhere near it. They did not want to, to enter that place. They did not want to be near it for, um, for fear that they would be exposed to the lice. Do you know what that meant? That meant that Corey and her sister Betsy and the other Christian women were able to minister to the entire barracks the word of God, to boldly proclaim it, to read it aloud, to let their thirst be satisfied in the water of God's word by our great shepherd, and that's just one example here. Um, but but all that to say, we have the privilege of having God's Word, often multiple copies. And if it's not um, in a book on your nightstand or, or right by you, it's on our phones at the click of a button. God's Word is there. Do we thirst after it? And are we quick to satisfy that thirst, to fill our thirst? I think of the verse in Psalm 42, verse 1, that talks about the deer. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul longeth after thee, O God. Again, this is David writing this psalm. But do we literally desire God's word like that? As a deer panteth, to pant means to long for, to desire ardently. That means affectionately, passionately. This deer is needing, seeking after the water. In in this case, it has such a such a strong um, such a strong passion, such a strong um, affection here for the deer to the water that it kind of everything else becomes secondary, other than to the pursuit of the primary, which is to find the water to have this thirst quenched. And uh, my question for me, for you, is is that how I am with God's word? Do I pant after his word? Do I thirst after his word? Um, To drink means to take in, to accept, to believe. 
Am I searching? Am I seeking? I Am I on a quest for that which completely satisfies? Am I taking in his word? Am I accepting it? Am I believing it? Am I letting it wash my heart, wash out the impurities and fill my heart with the truth of his word? We, we are told that he leads us beside the still waters. So when I had referenced before that that David the shepherd knew the topography of the land, he knew that by the time the sheep got to the still waters, they would drink of their own volition because they would be thirsty. They would need that refreshment because he knew that, hey, from the last water to this water, this is all they've encountered. They're going to be thirsty when we get here. But even more so, the shepherd of our souls knows the topography of our lives and he knows where we need that refreshment and he plans that refreshment to where when we come to the water, that we will be thirsty, that we will be ready to drink. And and my challenge for all of us is drink from his word. Let that fill you. Let that satisfy you. Let, you, let it give you the peace that passes all understanding. And I want to close out with um, something. As I was uh, studying through this and thinking on this, I kept thinking of the hymn, He Leadeth Me. Now, if you've been around here very long, you'll know that hymns are on my heart. Um, it is really just something that the Lord has used to change my life and to change my perspective on worship. The power that hymns have, because hymns are so um, directly connected to the truths of Scripture. So as I was studying this, I kept thinking about the hymn, He Leadeth Me. And I want to read these the words of this hymn to you quick in case you're not familiar with it. And then I want to read you quickly um, the story behind the writing of the hymn. This is coming from the book, Then Sings My Soul by Robert T. Morgan. And I just want to let you um, hear the words of the hymn, hear the story of the writing behind it, tying this all in to just give an illustration of, of what the Lord is talking about in this passage. So the hymn, He Leadeth Me. It goes, He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by waters still or troubled sea, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur nor repine, content whatever lot I see, since tis my God that leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory's won, in death's cold wave I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. The power of this hymn. By his own hand, by the hand of our shepherd, he leads us. We can trust him. We can humbly submit to his leadership, to his leading in our lives because of who he is. As I was uh, reading through this hymn, there were a few words that stood out to me that I was like, I'm not really sure what that means. In verse 2, it says, Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom. A bower is a sheltered place in a garden. So this is talking about Eden's bowers, Eden's sheltered place. So Eden was the place of perfection. I really wouldn't mind to stand in any corner of Eden. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to live in in the perfect garden that God had created. But this isn't just any corner. This is a sheltered place. This is a protected, a safe, a beautiful place. When you think, I'm going to go outside and have a picnic, where do you want to sit? Where do you want to find rest? Where do you want to relax? You want to do it in the shade of a sheltered tree, right? 
this is what it's talking about. So it's contrasting in verse two. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, we have those days where in the midst of everything, we are in deepest gloom. Or sometimes we're Eden's bowers bloom. Sometimes we are in that beautiful place of relaxation, sheltered. Well, unfortunately, not in in our world today. We don't ever get to experience perfection. Um, But there are some days that come pretty nigh perfect. You know, I'm thinking of some times where um, my family has been out, maybe in nature or together, and I just, you have that moment where you just try to let all of your senses fully engage and lock in and store it back in your core memory and think, I don't ever want to forget this moment. I've had those moments in life because they're so good. But I've also had moments where I think, oh, all I want to do is forget this because it is so difficult, so hard. But in the midst of that, in all of that, by water still or troubled sea, God's hand leads us through it all, which brings us to verse three. Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur, nor repine. Repine means to fret oneself, to be discontented. It means inward discontent, which prays on the spirit. Lady, ladies, fretting, discontentment, worry, all of those are enemies to peace. And, and the author here is saying, Lord, I'm going to grab your hand. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to fret or be discontented. I will be content whatever lot I see. Why? Because it is God's hand that leadeth us. What powerful words. Let me close quickly reading the story behind this. So you've heard the hymn. What was the author's heart when he was writing this? Dr. Joseph H. Gilmore, son of governor of New Hampshire, gave this account of writing his famous hymn on this theme, He Leadeth Me. As a young man recently graduated, I was supplying for a couple of Sundays the pulpit of the First Baptist Church in Philadelphia. At the midweek service on the 26th of March, 1862, I set out to give the people an exposition of the 23rd Psalm, which I had given before on three or four occasions. But this time, I did not get further than the words, He leadeth me. Those words took hold of me, as they had never done before, and I saw in them a significance of which I had never dreamed. It was the darkest hour of the Civil War. I did not refer to that fact, that is, I don't think I did, but it may subconsciously have led me to realize that God's leadership is the one significant fact in human experience, that it makes no difference how we are led or whither we are led, so long as we are sure God is leading us. At the close of the meeting, a few of us in the parlor of my host, Deacon Watson, kept on talking about the thought I had emphasized, and then and there, on a blank piece of the brief form which I had intended to speak, I penciled the hymn, talking and writing at the same time, then handed it to my wife and thought no more about it. She sent it to the Watchman and Reflector, a paper published in Boston where it was first printed. I did not know until 1865, this is three years later, that my hymn had been set to music by William B. Bradbury. I went to Rochester to preach as a candidate before the Second Baptist Church. Going into their chapel, I picked up a hymnal to see what they were singing and opened it at my own hymn, He Leadeth Me. It was amazing to me to have that background 
Again, a man who was familiar with Psalm 23, yet studying it anew and afresh, was so captivated by captivated by this truth, he leadeth me. And this was in the midst of, of the heart-wrenching events of the Civil War. So much death. It seemed like so much pointless death. So many, uh, a nation fighting against a nation. So many people dying. So many lives being forever changed and sacrificed. In the middle of that, he has he writes this with confidence that God leads through all things and i loved what the author wrote here that it makes no difference how we are led or whither we are led so long as we are sure god is leading us and that's an amazing thing to be able to say can we say of that lives lord it doesn't matter how you lead me it doesn't matter where you lead me as long as you lead me I hope that I have the confidence in my shepherd that I can not just say that with my words, but that I can believe that with my heart and so that I can think that in my mind that when circumstances arise, instead of questioning and fretting and doubting and discontentment entering and a lack of peace, that instead that I will be sure, that I will have a sure foundation knowing that he leads me. And he leads me by still waters. He will provide for me. He will take care of me. And all I have to do, my only responsibility is to follow. And he will provide all that I need. He will provide the rest. He will, he will provide the green pastures. He will provide the still waters. He will give me everything that I need to dwell in safety. Not again because of the absence of danger, but because of the presence of the shepherd. Lord, I thank you for your guiding hand. I thank you that you lead us through our lives, that you lead us with a purpose, and that that purpose is Christ-likeness, Lord. I pray that you'll be with um, each one of the ladies that are listening, wherever they're at in their life, wherever they're at in their path, wherever they're at in their road of sanctification, Lord, whether it be a, a good day or just an absolutely difficult one. I pray that you will comfort them, comfort me as I'm working, walking through different days, not even knowing uh, what a day brings forth sometime. But I pray that you help us to trust in you, our shepherd, and that we will with resolve say, wherever you lead, I will go. And that we will believe that in our hearts and that we will give that testimony to, to our husbands, to our children, to the people that you've put in our lives to influence, that they will see a woman who is fully consecrated to her shepherd, wholly trusting in him and, and thirsting after him and his truth, Lord. I thank you for how you guide, for how you lead, for how faithful you are to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.